This is Mallory Irvin, and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining me every Monday morning to have amazing conversations with people that have learned lessons living their lives. And some of these you'll hear with just me. Some of these you'll hear with people like last week's amazing episode with Maddie Nelson. And sometimes you'll hear someone come on this podcast that has a really tough story and really shares a struggle that allows us as listeners to grow. So I'm really excited to bring Jana Kramer and her husband, Mike Cawson, onto the podcast to talk about their new book, The Good Fight. If you guys follow Jana on social media or or Mike or listen to their podcast, you know that their story is a tough one. Mike was outed for a an allegation that they will talk about today on the podcast and how it was kind of brought into the open without them being able to control the narrative of the story. And they have this really long and amazing journey of reclaiming their relationship and their life. Mike went through his own healing and recovery and is on this journey, but also Jana as his spouse. And it's just a really cool podcast where they talk about that and talk about their new book. And also, if you don't struggle with addiction or infidelity, some of the things that we discuss in this podcast, there's still going to be something in here for you because it talks about communication and listening and how to communicate with a spouse just on an everyday level and how to just, you know, just exist in a relationship. So I'm going to go ahead and do an intro just in case you guys don't know Jana and Mike. So Jana Kramer is a country music singer and actress. She has starred in the beloved television shows One Tree Hill, Friday Night Lights, and Dancing with the Stars. She has released two albums, Jana Kramer in 2012 and 31, in 2015, Jana and her husband, former NFL tight end Michael Cawson, host the award-winning Wind Down podcast where they discuss their relationship in real time for fans and guests. They are super vulnerable in that podcast also. They live in Nashville, Tennessee with their two children, which is why I see them out and about. And without further ado, Jana Kramer and her husband, Michael Cawson. Okay, I'm thrilled to have Jana Kramer and Mike Cawson on today talking about their brand new book, The Good Fight. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. We're so excited. Thanks for having us. Yes, oh, thank you. Thank you. I just asked how many interviews they had today because I know the press is just real hungry to get at them because this is a really amazing book full of really, really amazing tools for anybody listening to this that's in a relationship, that's thinking about getting in a relationship. It's just, it's just awesome. And I brought Kyle on today because a lot of these things are things we've worked through in our relationship too. So I was reading through this and I was like, Kyle, I've got to bring you in on this podcast because it's going to be amazing. 
So welcome, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Yeah. What's up, Kyle? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first I have to ask the question because everyone's like, "Oh, don't don't tell your mom all your secrets because she's going to remember them." <laughs> well, now you've told everyone in the entire world, and I have to ask you why you decided to be so vulnerable and write this book. Well, first and foremost, our story got outed without us. Like we didn't, we didn't want it to get outed. We had someone that told a paper about Mike's sex addiction and the affairs. And so when I was doing Dancing with the Stars, there was an Us Weekly magazine cover saying married to a sex addict, which mm-hmm. then exposed why we separated the affairs and you know, for me, you know, so, you know, I feel bad for Michael because his whole thing is, you know, being in a 12 step program is all about anonymity yes. and, you know, anonymous and, that was um, gone. and he yeah. lost that, which is unfortunate and really sad. And I, I, I have empathy like that. That must be really hard because that's not something that you would want to tell mm-hmm. even your closest of friends or family. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it was, I always, once that happened, I wanted to change the narrative. And, and he was like, I want to sweep this under the rug. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to, because, you know, he was in his shame. And so I started writing a book about a year and a half after our reconciliation. And he ripped it on up. He's like, you're not talking about it. You're not doing this. This isn't coming out. And I'm like, please, like, I need, I, I just like, like, I, I, I heal when I, knowing that I'm helping other people. Yeah, and I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. that's just how I deal with my trauma. And, and he was just like, absolutely not. And so he ended up coming on to one of a podcast episode and he started sharing and, mm-hmm. and he saw the positive impact that it made on people. And, you know, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. I mean, it started because, you know, our podcast was originally Jana's. Mm-hmm. And once I started coming on and we started talking more and more about a relationship and things that we were dealing with, and Jana started getting flooded with DMs and comments and stuff about how much it helped them and, you know, how much their, their boyfriend or their husband and them themselves have, have benefited from us just talking about it, not yeah. even giving advice, just talking openly about something that's so taboo. Because, you know, no one wants to share that stuff with their close yeah. family, friends and friends and family members and all of that. So it was just, it started to grow and I started to realize that Jana was right. You know, surprise, <laughs> and <laughs> that my wife was right, and that we there was a light at the end of this tunnel. That controlling the narrative and changing it into a positive tool to help our not only ourselves but other people was kind of the the, the deciding factor for me. Yeah, and I, you know, I I needed this book four years ago. I yeah. I needed I needed hope, and I I couldn't find that in a book where a couple went through destruction and they were able to repair. And that's where I hope that people, when they read the book, you know, they, they feel a little less crazy, a little more normal. And even if, like you said, if you're not in a relationship, it's about just garnering tools for you to grow as an individual. Yeah. And I really loved it. I think everything happens like when it's supposed to, I'm in the middle of writing a book Mm -hmm. right now and I could have started a year earlier and, you know, thank goodness I didn't, it wasn't the right time. But Mm -hmm. I think there's so two sides of every story and it's, Mm -hmm. it's really hard. Like, to write about a relationship from one, from one side. So it it was totally meant to be that it it came out like it did, because when I was reading it, I've never read a book that was like, it will literally, if you're a listener, it will literally in the book say Jana, and then Jana writes her perspective. Then it'll say, Mike, Mike writes his perspective. It was really interesting because it shows the brain of a man, how they take things, the brain of a woman, how they take things. 
and then how you came together and Mm -hmm. you got through that. And I think it's so beautifully written. I've learned so many things too about you, Mike. I mean, Jana, you're the star that everybody already knew from TV and country music. And Mike, you're just smart. (laughs) I don't know about like all of your educational stats and and all of the things that I just didn't know about you. And I was like, oh, well, okay, well, he can, he can write a book. Yeah, because you have like a master's in something. And yeah. Yeah, I got my bachelor's degree from a great school. And, uh-huh. you know, I think it's one of those things to the point, I appreciate you saying that because to most people on the outside, it's just, you know, Gina's husband, former NFL player. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I fall into a stereotype of athlete or, you know, mm-hmm. can barely put two words together. And maybe hopefully on the podcast, people realize I'm actually able to yeah, articulate words on. after one or, one or two yeah. in a row. So no, it was, it was a good outlet for us creatively and emotionally. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, I've always been a private person until, you know, being with Jana, naturally some of your life, being with someone of celebrity status, mm-hmm. some of your life starts to come out. And then this obviously took on a, a whole new um, mind of its own, but it's something that I've embraced kind of being with Jana, you know, people learning more about me because again, I always have things close to my chest, but I'm proud that Jana has been able to open me up as a person yeah. because like you said, Mallory, this book, if we would have written it six months prior, it wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. So like because of that, for sure. yeah, we were emotionally evolved enough to write the book that we wrote. Yeah. Because if it was any, if it was before that, there's no way in hell it would be what it is now. Yeah. And you can tell too. And I like how you say, you say something in the book. I can't remember what page it's on, but about how you have to be far enough away from your problems to talk about them. And I love that too about you guys, because so many people, especially in the space of self-help, you want to go through something, tell everybody else how to deal with it. And I think in a way it's, it's so that you don't have to deal with it, but you guys like you worked through it for a long time. You did your own work. You did work with a therapist. And then you got even further away from it. And like now you're delivering a true message that feels very thought through when I read the book. And I appreciate that because so many times, like you said, Jana, you just really wanted to write the book and get it out there. That was going to help you heal. You were going to write your own story of it so everybody in the public didn't take it a certain way. But you sat on it. And Mm -hmm. I I think that that's what made this book so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. two, like, you know, we kind of know the journey of I kind of started my own stuff and, and Kyle came in and was helping on the side and people just were craving more and more. They were like, we want Kyle on the podcast. We want Kyle on YouTube. And he was like, I don't, I'm not really good at this. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. I'm with you. <laughs> you know how it is. It's right. tough at first because I kind of hold things close to my chest as well. But then when you're kind of thrown into it, you just evolve and then go from there. Yeah. I mean, you know exactly how it is. kind of tough at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was a part in here too, speaking of that, like you, you talked about how Jana was kind of the breadwinner, like you had had your career and you had done NFL, but then it's, it's her. And even though we as a society say we have evolved and women can be blank, sometimes it's hard for certain families to, to get around that. And I think in our lives, Kyle went from being like the breadwinner and the, the one that was bringing in a lot of money to, to working with me. And I like it that you guys are open about that, like also like on the podcast and different things. How do you get past, you know, initial feelings like that? And where are you at with that today? It's definitely evolved. And I appreciate you bringing that up because early on, there's definitely a lot of insecurity around it. 
And I still have my moments of that. And it's not, it's not even a, from a competitive nature for me. It's not that I feel bad that Jana makes more money. It's not that I feel less than as a husband. It's, it's more of just my male instincts of wanting to provide and protect my family, right? So I know I can protect them. I have that box checked. But it's like being able to, to provide. And I come from an old school family, but both of my parents worked for 30 plus years. Yeah. You know, my dad just took another job so my mom could retire a little early. And it's just one of those things. I want to be able to alleviate some of the stress and pressure that Jana feels. And so, you know, I find it hard when I see her so stressed and so busy and constantly doing things that certain things that don't involve me where I can't help. I just, I feel bad because I want to be able to take some of that from her. So I'm in a much, yeah, I'm in a much better place now. Yeah, Mike. And I I can connect with that because there are things that Mal, nobody else can do but Mal. And then you kind of feel helpless. It's like, no, I can't really add any value. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where kind of that role reversal is the husband, wife, the man, the provider kind of comes into play right there. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be hard for anybody, even male or female. I'm, I, we know plenty of female friends of ours that don't, yeah, that women that feel like yeah. that, that, that want to be doing more, that don't think taking care of the kids or doing household stuff is enough when it is. Yeah. I think it's just an, a, an instinct that we all have. We just want to, you know, alleviate stress from, from our partners. Yeah. Speaking of alleviating stress, this was something is page 112 of the book. You talk about how you, Jana, you don't want to live in this mindset of like, when's the next shoe going to drop, the next bomb going to drop, whatever. And I think a lot of people, whether they've dealt with infidelity or addictions or 12-step, all of the things that you're talking about in this book, a lot of people do have this trauma around, oh my gosh, I I found something out, this discovery, this like big thing. And it's like, how do you live your life not in fear where you're holding your breath? And what I love about the good fight is there are so many amazing tools that don't feel like they were just regurgitated from a therapist. Like they feel like the tools that you use. And I love this like 24-hour honesty policy. And I thought that that was a really amazing, effective tool, especially for someone that's dealt with things that you guys have dealt with. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I thought that was an amazing tool. Sure. Yeah. It was something that we started with, you know, now we're more like, just got to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) But there is that 24 hour rule there for in Mike's case, where he has had difficulty in his past being honest and with addiction and where he can come to me and feel safe because that's the problem. His life, he hasn't felt safe to be honest and tell the truth because he would get in trouble or he'd be shamed or he would be, you know, just, I mean, yeah, I was with the way I was I was raised, I learned not to trust the truth. So because so of that, there's a lot of fear involved. He would lie to protect himself. And so it doesn't feel normal. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like it, your first instinct isn't it's harder for you to be honest. My first instinct for for majority of my life has been protect first, honesty second. Oh yeah. We yeah, we get that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so I- Yeah. And so that's why it's like, for us, it's like, we have that rule set in place where, you know, obviously where we're at today and now the work we've done is, you know, I really would like for you to be honest in the moment Mm -hmm. because that shows, you know, even more growth. But if for some reason, you know, it is 20, like you have up to 24 hours to come back and correct it. And that way I can see it's still growth. It's still growth. Like Mm -hmm. I did say that and I just have to correct it 
and for then the partner to receive that as growth and not as a lie. Um, just to give a little grace for how hard this might be for someone in, you know, Mike's shoes or someone in the addict position where it's, it's not easy for them. And it's like, in my brain, I'm like, just tell the truth. Why is it so hard? Like, I don't get it, you know, and I'll never get it, but that's not mine to get, you know, this is the relationship that I'm in. And this is the main, like, this is, these are some of his things and he doesn't get when I have anxiety, he does it. He's like, you can breathe. I'm like, I can't breathe. But I like in my brain, I can't breathe, you know, and he'll never get it, you know? So it's kind of that same situation where, you know, we have to give each other a little bit of grace for some of the things that we feel powerless to. Yeah. That's a great line. Give each other grace for things yeah. that you feel powerless to. And we've dealt with stuff like that in our relationship before. I think Kyle was raised kind of the same way as you, where it's like, oh, I can deal with this myself. I'm not going to necessarily always tell a lie, but I'll just like avoid the truth just a little bit just to protect, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I get that. And it's powerful when you work past it for sure. And honest, it's just being honest is just so, and, and what's so crazy is that in our book, we didn't have that chapter. It's tell the truth. It wasn't even our book at all. We just added it in February because mm-hmm. I'm like, really? how? and something had happened in January where, you know, Mike wasn't honest about something and, and we, you know, we went back to the book and we're like, how is it just to tell the, how is that not in the book? So it was kind of a blessing. I mean, not that that lies happened, but that just that it we was were meant able to, happen to for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. meant to be talked about. Um, back, back to our point. If we didn't write the book in the timeline that we did, that wouldn't have been part of it. And that's a huge, huge pillar in this book. Yeah. yeah. And even with, you know, you re-baptizing yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and like mm-hmm. talking about that in the book. And it's just like those moments are just powerful for the growth yeah. and change. Mm-hmm. And all very like meant to be because this was the book that was supposed to be birthed, I feel like. So here was another question that I had. So this is the way that as a listener, the way that a lot of these chapters open up, it's some sort of fight in Jana and Mike's relationship or disagreement or whatever it is. We all have them. It's just everybody doesn't write a book about them. So they wrote <laughs> the book okay. for all of us to enjoy. And so you guys fight too? It's not just us? Yes. <laughs> okay, I love it that you talk about the couples that never I fight. Hate, yeah. Kyle's always like, I hate it when people say we never fight. I, and I'm like, well, maybe they don't, Kyle. And he's like, no, yes, they do. They're the <laughs> ones that are in the closet, like screaming at each other. When right. Who knows? So do you think couples need to fight in order to like get to that deeper level that I feel like you guys are at now that I feel like Kyle and I are at now? You know, I've gone so back and forth with that question because in my mind, like I, I talked to this one guy like a few years, like years ago. And he's like, it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah, there's something to say for that. And I, and I remember, I just remember sitting with that and I'm like, wow. Okay. So I think there's a balance. I think there should be healthy arguments. And I think there, there, and there's also going to be unhealthy arguments. I think that is healthy to see some skeletons and have fights, but I consistent fighting is that. And when it just becomes too much, that's, that's just all too much. You know what I mean? Like that's not healthy for anybody, Mm -hmm. but I do think at the core that couples, because that means to me, what I make up is that that means you're really digging in and like doing some hard hitting work. Yeah. And you're fighting for your relationship. I think sometimes people (laughs) always think of it as like, let's just get past this problem. Our couples therapist always says like, 
she calls them like ruptures or whatever. That's probably a therapy word. I'm sure you guys have heard that before, but like yeah. little fight, little fight, little fight. But she says, if you keep brushing them under the rug and brushing them under the rug, then there's this mountain that lives in your living room, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like what you said earlier, when you do fight, that's also being vulnerable and being in a safe place, knowing you can mm -hmm. disagree and voice that and feel safe in doing that. I just think, I mean, fighting's going to happen. We talked to Mal's grandparents a lot, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they used to fight or get in an argument. I just, I don't know, just, I feel like it's another level and a good foundation if you can fight with your partner, like just feel safe doing so. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to yeah, have fights, it's just real life. Yeah. And that's something we say a lot when we're talking about this book is we want people to realize that their fights have to don't, don't have to be against each other. They can be, you're fighting for each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you know, for us, like our biggest thing is, especially for me personally, I can speak for myself is fighting fair or yeah. le like learning how to fight. Because my thing is when I would get angry or pissed off or, or triggered, I, my defense goes up and when my defense goes up, I get mean because yeah. I feel like I'm being attacked. So my default is to attack back. That's just mm -hmm. how that was my survival, right? Growing up. Yeah. So it's been the same. Unfortunately, it's been the same in, in our marriage and our relationship. So that's the biggest piece for me. That's like, you can fight as long as you're fighting in a healthy way. Yeah. If, if every fight you have is name calling and door slamming and mother effing and, and doing those things, yeah. that's not, that's not good conflict. That's not healthy conflict. So trying to steer away from that, you know, I'm still growing as we speak, you know, trying to do that. We just got one the other night, a big blow up that I was, I went yeah, back to I my love default. Your vulnerability and honesty always. Like, I mean, I, I blew it. <laughs> you know, it, I, it took two days of saying I'm sorry, baby. Thank you, I Mike. Mean, you know, <laughs> you should have read your good. book. <laughs> oh, I know. Right? I, I think I think I said that. I was like, read your freaking book. Read your book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you did not handle it like we said we would. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's just it, though. It's like you know, Jan and I even talk about that. Is we don't want to feel like frauds, but I'm like, honey we're not claiming that we do this all the time. We're not saying that we have the answers. This is the stuff that we've realized works for us and is continuing to work for us to change these things. That doesn't mean we're not going to have our days where we revert back to our childhood selves and blow up, but they should get fewer and far between. Yeah. I totally yes, agree. Yes, they that. should. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they will. Hey, you guys, you guys are fighting the fight right now for something really great, continuing to be really great. Okay. A question, too, because I don't think this was in the book. Do you fight in front of your children? What do you feel about that? There are a lot mm -hmm. of people that have families that listen to this. And it's like sometimes, you know, when Kyle and I get into an argument, we've got two children also like you guys do, Jolie and Jace, and ours are Ford and Shepard. Ours are younger than yours, but, but still, I mean, eventually they're going to know. And it's so hard, especially if you're headstrong and like a little stubborn, like I know some of the four of us are. How do you even hold your breath? Like when you want to say something so badly, but there are children in the room. And I also think it's healthy to model some form of mm. disagreement to them because they need to know that life's not all daisies. But do you fight in front of your children? And like, is there a method that you fight in front of them fairly or, you know, a little bit about that? So that's been definitely one of the hardest thing. And like what Mike just said, like we had, you know, a blow up the other day. It was where I got the most upset about that is because Jolie heard him yelling and I was like, stop, they could hear it. I don't care. And I'm like, like, you know, because he's offline, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like offline. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm like, please stop. Like, and I'm like trying to like, you know, gather it. And, you know, and Jolie comes in the room and is like, 
mommy, why is daddy yelling at you? And like, then she goes out and he's like, daddy, why is mommy crying? And I'm just like, oh my God, this is like, this is my childhood. And I can't, I can't, we can't do this. Like we, we, we can't, like, I'm like, this is what messed me up. Like seeing my parents fight like this. Yeah. So we, I think we really realized from that moment on with Jolie, like she is, she's aware now, you know what I mean? Like, cause we used to, she's at that age, she's at that age where it's like, so she's, she's she? noticing she's four, four. So it's like, she's, she's hearing the stop yelling, you know, and this is what we've talked about with our therapist about fighting is they think that it is important for kids to see parents fight, but not loud voices raised, not name calling, not aggressive where it can scare the kids, but then also to see, which is so hard to do. And like you said, with us, like we're very, I have a hard time shoving it down. I will do it now for the sake of like my kids. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, Mike reciprocates that. But if we were to raise our voice and what I think we did a really good job with the other day was that we came back around and like, we need to go out there and apologize to the kids and also show them that we have resolved and that it's okay to have conflict. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people shy away from arguing in front of their kids and then they're going to go into a relationship and be like, oh wait, we're fighting. I'm done. I can't do this. Oh my God, this is scary. Like, no, 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 no. So we think healthy conflict, healthy arguments with resolution, resolution, conflict resolution is important. And then what, you know, because there was a little step above a healthy fight, you know, Mike went up to Jolie's room and was just like, I'm really sorry that I, you know, that I yelled. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for us is we know that we're not going to be perfect with it. We've done a really good job historically to not do that, especially over the last probably six to eight months of not doing that in front of the kids and Jolie. But that's the biggest thing for us is, is to admit humility, even to your four-year-old, mm. right? Even to the kids to be like, and I told Jolie the next morning, I was like, hey, Hey, look at daddy. I was like, you know, remember when daddy was yelling at mommy yesterday? She's like, yeah. I was like, daddy was wrong. I should have And I'm sorry that, that you were there and part of that and that I yelled at mommy. And she's like, okay, I love you, daddy. And it's like, she's, she's not going to remember that in 20 years, but that can also, she can remember it enough to that can form her in her memory of, of her childhood and how we handle situations. Because I know I grew up in a house where, you know, my mom and dad, acted like they had everything figured out and would never like admit mistake. Right. And so here you are thinking they have it all figured out and that what they say goes. And I'm like, that's, then you just feel in this environment where you have to be perfect, Mm -hmm. you know, but getting that, that humility from, from parents, I think would be a game changer. Yeah, for sure. So healthy conflict resolution. And I think for us, because we're still managing how we process things. I think the best thing for us is just be like pausing until the kids go to bed because mm-hmm. right now I don't think we're healthy enough and done enough work on how to fight fair in times mm-hmm. that we like in front of the kids that we need to just pause it. And honestly, pausing for us is actually beneficial. Does for nothing us. but positive. Yeah. yeah. Really? <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah. And I so didn't even realize like that. You sit and stew and think, and you feel like it's a positive thing. He comes back more apologetic. So I've now like, I let him so go. Pause, like, so pause for days. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm pausing. Like, yeah. cause I know he'll come back and be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree like, with Mike, I'm sorry. Cause I mean, you're, you're such in a high emotional state and then just that break, you're like, okay. Like, I, yeah. I, I get it. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're men. We're, we're kids. We're hotheads. What do you yeah. want? <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about that too. You talk about acting out of childhood stuff, you know, things that you experience 
whether it was relationship things you experienced as a child, that's how we act, whether it's, you know, hurt that you experienced as a child. And I like it somewhere in your book, you said something like, but what age am I now? Like, what Mm -hmm. age am I acting out of, you know, now? And I I like how you have all of those little tools and all those little lines that I remember from reading the book that I now think about after having read that, like, what age am I acting out of now? Like what past hurt? I think there's so many amazing tools like that. It reminds me of the uh, PAC, parent, adult, child. It's mm. like you want to meet mm-hmm. that adult talking to adult. I just heard that and it stuck with me and made me think yeah. of that. That's a great diet. Uh, that's I like that diagram too with mm-hmm. that because it's like so many times when we have arguments. I'm 14 and he's 12 and we're battling. Like a 14, 12 year old isn't going to have a great conversation. Nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I have a couple more questions because you guys have to go on to bigger and better things. So Stop. I really like there are a lot of points in this book. Even if you're not in a relationship, or if you're not in a relationship where you feel like you're trying to get over a hurdle or whatever, there are a lot of really great tools that anyone can take away from this. And one of them was about listening. And Kyle and I have talked a lot about listening. And I just feel like people don't listen anymore. Everyone's just holding their breath, waiting to say their thing. And there's so much of life that's missed and of deeper connections within relationships and so many things when people don't learn to listen. And you have a really great segment on like active listening. And I forget what else you say about listening, but you talked about that in such a beautiful way. So I kind of wanted to touch on that because there are people that listen to this that aren't in relationships, but they can all benefit from lessons like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did y'all learn to make you better listeners? It's to take a second and really make listening a conscious thing. And, you know, I'll actually do something that, that, that contradicts kind of what we, some of what we said in the book, and it's just something I've done recently because I found it's helped for me is I'll close my eyes sometimes when Janice starts to talk about something that's, that's super triggering for me. And like, and I go to a triggering place, it, it regrounds me. I don't do it for long, but I'll do it momentarily. But for us, it's just like, I know I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it at times, right? You're in a conversation with somebody, no matter who, whether it's your spouse, you know, mom, dad, friend, whatever, they say something that triggers something you want to say. And as soon as they're done, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, and then they just go into it and it's being on the receiving end of that, you don't feel heard. Yeah. And I think even the other day, Mike and I were having some conflict and he's like, you're listening to respond. You're not listening. Like, and and I'm like, and so that's where a lot of like our issue is we listen to respond. Yes. And you should just listen. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you should, you know, and then ask like, what do you need? Like, do you want me to, do you want my advice? Or do you want me just to listen instead? Because I'm always a friend that's like, I always will then lead with like some kind of advice or, but it's like, maybe they don't want my advice. Maybe they just want to just be heard and listen to Mm -hmm. and just go, I'm really sorry you're going through that instead of trying to like fix it when they don't maybe need me to fix it. And the key is there too, is don't be afraid to ask that question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you you feel like you have to read their mind. Like, do they want my advice? Or do they want me to just listen? Just ask them where Jan and I have done that. One of us will start a conversation. We'll kind of stop the other. Be like, "Hey, just so I know, are you wanting advice? Are you yeah. wanting my my response or my reasoning for that? Or you just want me to listen?" And be like, "Okay, I just want you to listen right now." Okay, done. Yeah. Even too, like in conflict, like I will say, like I know, but in conflict, even I'll be like, "I just need you to hear my feelings right now." I'm not saying your feelings don't matter. I just need you. I need you just to not respond. I need you just to empathize. Yeah. And just like ask for what you need. 
Another thing that I really loved that you guys talked about was, and this is something that I think we've dealt with as a couple also, is when you say you always this and you always <laughs> how you approach these arguments because the you always Kyle like, or you or you never yeah, yes yeah. is gasoline to yeah any, these any general fire. things for some reason especially to men it just feels like and for some reason as women sometimes in the argument you just want to bring every single problem into the argument because we need to just flash them all out well, I feel you know? like it makes you defensive because once you hear that you're like hold on hold on i don't always and then the listening stops you you hear the person but that's mm -hmm. really the only thing you've listened to yeah what i say on that is and what i told jana from a good place when we're not in conflict is when i hear you always do this or you never you know give me attention or whatever it may be I take that, and I feel like majority of men are this way. We take that as an attack on our character as a whole. Like you're generalizing our character that, well, if that means I never do this for her, that means I'm a terrible husband. I'm not caring. I don't love her. Like, she, how could she think that of me? What about what I did yesterday? And, yeah. you know, men, we want pat on the back for like, you know, wiping our butt, let alone doing anything for you. So <laughs> yeah, we're simple creatures. So it's one of those things where that's where I go with it is when she says, you always do this, or you never do that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just attacking like who I am as a man. And it just, it feels belittling. Not that that's her agenda. That's just how I receive it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I feel like it goes two ways too, though. Like, because guys do the same thing to us as well. I feel like we do it more to y'all. Mm -hmm. But like, there are times like, you're never happy. And I'm like, that's, what do you mean I'm never happy? Nothing's ever good enough for you. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, it's, there's a, I get that all the time. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, nothing's ever good enough for me. Like, I, I, this is great. Just stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, but it, it's true though. But, and, and like when you hear that or you like, now I see, actually, Mike, you've really helped me in, in saying that too, because whenever he says like, you, you always complain about that, or you always get stressed over things like this. I'm like, no, 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 I don't. No, I don't. Do you not remember like the six times last week that I didn't? Like, right. you don't know me. Uh, I feel like, right. I know, and I feel like that when you're in that argument, you know, there's active listening. And I feel like you really have to think about how you communicate to kind of pause before you say that and then kind of switch the words around. You know, I feel like, XYZ. So I feel like it's listening, but then also being able to communicate effectively, which I guess. So we just process. heard, we just heard that we can't, so we can't say, I feel like now. So our therapist is, okay. his, so now our thing is every time I'm like, I feel like you, he's like, that's not feeling. And I'm like, Oh, I feel angry because I make up that you don't care when you do this. So it's like, you actually have to put your feeling like I feel frustrated. Oh, that's a because, good tip. Because what I make up, is that you don't care about me right now because this wasn't taken care of. Yeah. That's so it's, when I hear you say, when I hear you say, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, it makes me feel triggered. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just a different way, but it's so hard to have that conversation to do it. Like we learned it from our therapist. It's called the safe talk process, but it's so hard to do that when you're triggered. You yeah. you're like, I, I feel, I feel like uh -huh. you're being an idiot. Yes. <laughs> That's what you want to say. And I feel frustrated you because you're being yeah. an idiot. Uh -huh. <laughs> Speaking of triggers too, because I, and I want to like wrap the podcast talking about this because you have changed the narrative or to me reading this book and knowing you guys and, and listening to your content and stuff like that. It's really cool to come out there and be vulnerable and be like, I want to help people. But it's also really cool to change the narrative of your own story per the truth and honesty. And that's what I, I feel 
from you guys. And, you know, it's such a gift when someone will just open up and, and share things like this. And I like how you talked about the good triggers. And you talked about when you were writing this book. Everybody always wants to talk about the bad triggers. I'm triggered when you do this and do this. But your story now is, has a lot of light to it, too. And you talk about some of the positive things and the positive triggers. So talk about just that just for a second, too, before we close the podcast. Sure. I mean, we, um, we had a conversation with two people the other day and they were talking about how they had, you know, 30 years of marriage under their belts, but there was some infidelity and they go, what they, what they see, they're like, when they see their kids playing, they're like, wow, we could have missed this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the happy triggers are just like all the work we've done. And to be able to be like, when we're together as a family, it's like, that's, that's happy triggers for me. Cause it's like, man, like, look, look what we would have missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah if we didn't stick this out, like what, what amazing times we're having right now, just cooking dinner and, you know, the kitchen and playing with the kids and wrestling. It's like, look what we would have missed. Like, this is just like, it was, I just remember that sticking with me and I'm like, man, that's something that's so true. Cause I'm like, there's so many good times that we would have missed as a family. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a way to reflect on gratitude, you know, what you're grateful for, what you, with what you've been through and Along with what Jana's saying, I shared this with her about a month or two ago. I was outside mowing the grass. Like our daughter had a neighborhood friend over. Our son was running around playing. And I'm sitting there mowing the grass like with a smile on my face. I'm like, why am I smiling? I'm like, it doesn't. I was like, this is that white picket fence moment. I got the dogs running around the yard. Kids are playing. Jana was, you know, coming outside with like lemonade. You know, straight <laughs> lemonade. It was like Pleasantville over here. And, and so I was just like. It doesn't get better than this moment right here. And, and if we wouldn't have done the things that we've done and worked so hard and been through so much together, we wouldn't have that. And so it is those good triggers because there's so much negativity in life, so much negativity right now in this year to find those little things and let, allow those to be enough yeah. to make you happy because there's so much to be upset about this year. Find those little things and allow that to be enough. Hmm. Dang, that was a, I was going to ask you another question, but I think that's a great way to end this. <laughs> Yeah. What a gift this podcast has been. It will be to anybody listening. And this book is just amazing, cover to cover. So I'm going to put the link where everybody can purchase this book in the show notes. And I just thank you guys so much for your vulnerability. I know that your story started with a bit of a shakeup and getting out of it and you didn't want to, but sitting here in this podcast, I'm like, what a, what a blessing your story will be to so many other people. So it, it's kind of almost the full circle, the reason, you know, that you the reason Thanks, that all guys. that must have happened. So you guys are awesome. I can't thank you enough for every game today. night soon, please. Mallory Kyle, yes. thank you guys so yes. much. Yeah, game night. We love you guys. Thank all you right. so much. See you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, okay. guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.